I didn't want to start the service today without saying out loud to all of you and acknowledging the tremendous amount of loss that we've had in this community just over the past week. An email went out, an email went out, but just in case you didn't see it, um, Cheryl Glover lost her father, Richard Dunn. Jennifer Johnson lost her father, Tim Walsh. The Farney family lost Mike Farney. Brian and his boys lost Birch Ford. And dear Jim Wood lost Jeanette Hall Wood. And that was all within the last six days, folks. So please keep these people in your prayers. Please keep this whole community in your prayers. This is part of what we do as a community of faith, is care for one another in these times of sorrow and grief. We will be celebrating their lives and services here over the next three weeks, not ten farther away, but probably everyone else. And we need lots of hands and feet to step up and do that. In particular, we need people who are willing to usher. We need Trinity folks to show up as ushers. And to be an usher doesn't necessarily mean that you even knew the person. For when we all have the celebration of our life, there will be people ushering who may not have known us. It's a way to step into the community, to serve and to be a quiet presence for the people who are here. So please, if you do that, see me or Becky or John Hearn or any of those services and give you more information. But that would be incredibly helpful to the families and to those of us who are planning the services. So we'll pray for all of those people in the prayers of the people that I didn't want to hear that here there for the first time. Without fail in the midst of life and in the midst of death, we pray and give glory to our God. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord.
a reading from the book of Habakkuk. The oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence and you will not say why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, justice, judgment comes forth perverted. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to carry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. The word of the Lord.
If someone has offended you, 
If they repent, you must forgive. And if that same person sins against you seven times and asks for your forgiveness seven times, you must forgive. And using this symbolic number seven, Jesus is indicating not only forgive them seven times, but forgive them always. And this is the point at which we arrive at today's reading. The Apostles' response to Jesus' teaching, we just heard. How can we possibly do what you're asking of us, Jesus? Never to be a stumbling block to new followers? Always to forgive? Always? How can we possibly do this? And we might imagine them also saying, and by the way, Jesus, we're feeling more than a little concerned about the consequences if we don't quite pull it off. No stones on our neck and being thrown into the sea. How can we possibly do this? You've got to help us. You've got to increase our faith. And in response, I have to say, Jesus gives a fairly enigmatic reply. He says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. What do we make of this? The disciples are earnestly asking Jesus for the faith to do what he has just told them they're going to be called to do. And Jesus says this, on the face of it, it seems to me that Jesus is chastising his followers. You don't have enough faith. Your faith would only have to be the smallest of small amounts for you to do these miraculous things. And you don't have that much faith. It's puzzling to mind here. And it makes me curious to learn more. What if instead of hearing a harsh response, we can imagine Jesus saying to his followers, yes, the demands are heavy. It will take everything you have to help bring about God's kingdom on earth. And you have been given everything you need for God to be able to do amazing things through you. What if, instead of condemnation and harshness, hear Jesus lovingly encouraging his disciples. Turns out, this is one way of reading Jesus' teaching. If we think about the, the text here, if we go back to the Greek, um, what we have is a conditional. If you had faith, that's a conditional statement. If this happens, then that. Um, and there are different ways of stating a conditional in Greek. Um, one is, for example, if I were to say, if I were you, Becky, I would do the following. That's called a contrary to fact conditional. We're stating a conditional, but it doesn't hold. But another way of stating a conditional in Greek would be to say something like, if Jesus is our Lord, and he is. Well, if we look at the text of today's reading, we're actually reading one of those factually based conditions. We could hear Jesus say to his followers, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, and you do, you have faith to do amazing 
This is one way to hear what Jesus is saying. That they have been given everything they need in order to do what Jesus is asking of them. To help bring new people into their community. Never to be a stumbling block. To live in Christian community and to forgive always. This reading shifts our understanding of Jesus' teaching, doesn't it? We do have faith to do amazing things. So why doesn't it always feel like it? We can't move mulberry trees to the ocean, or as this teaching is reported in Matthew, move mountains to the sea. Why don't we feel like we have faith for God to do amazing things for through us? I don't know about you, but for me, I think I get in the way. We can be capable, we can be competent, we can move things in our own lives. We can lead teams to design products, we can create companies that deliver valuable services, we write lesson plans and teach classes. We can imagine things and bring them into being, a delicious meal, an inspiring piece of music, a team championship. We can move things in our own lives. We're competent and capable, and that may be what gets in our way. We hold tight to make sure that we realize the outcome we're looking for, and we can be lulled into thinking that we're in control. We can be lulled into thinking that we have to control. We move things in our own lives, but we become anxious and tired. And not feeling like we have everything that we need for God to work through us. You may be familiar with the English cleric, John Henry Newman. Newman has something to say on this topic of self-sufficiency and attempt to control outcomes. These are his words. God has created me to do some definite service. God has committed some work to me, which has not been committed to another. I have my mission. I may never know of it in this life, but I shall be told it in the next. I am a link in a chain, a bond of connection between persons. Therefore, I will trust God. God does nothing in vain. God knows what God is about. So on that day, when Matthew was about to move into his room on campus, I went for a walk. At the end of the street where we were staying, there was a bench on a bluff overlooking the town and then the beach and then the ocean. I felt like I could see forever. And as I sat, I got a momentary glimpse of how vast God is. How I am a part of that vastness. How I am linked in God's chain. And how, yes, I am called to move things in my own life. There are boys to raise, to be ready to leave home. There's a church to help make happen. Sermons to write, candles to light, and the body of 
difficult to see how all of these things are linked in God's chain and how I can rest into that truth. We have faith that can say to a mulberry tree, plant yourself in the ocean. We have been given everything we need for God to do amazing things through each of us. Lord, increase our faith. Amen.
Today we pray for Bert, Matt, Charlie, Dick, Scott, Donna, Rob, Mart, Charlie, Michael, Joe, Stuart, Bess, Daniela, Anne, Susie and Ellie, Rob, Sandra, the Brosio family, Alice, Jane, Minpong, Jean, Colby, John, Matthew, Orly, Will, Barbara, Jack, Edie, Kirsty, and Edith. Are there others? Hear us, Lord. your mercy is great. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life. We will exalt you, O God, our King, and praise your name forever and ever. We pray for all who have died, especially Timothy Walsh, father of Jennifer Johnson, Richard Dunn, father of Cheryl Glover, Mike Farney, Birch Ford, Jeanette Hallwood. Are there others? Thank you. 
because that's the main today. There is going to be a workshop for people to make an Advent wreath similar to this. This year it's a little different. It's a live wreath, um, so that it should last all through the Advent season. And uh, the workshop is going to be on December 1st, the first day of Advent. Carol has asked that you sign up for um, the wreaths because there's going to be a small cost, a nominal cost of $10, which will include the living wreaths, the greens, and the candles. So um, the sign-up needs to be done by October 27th, so we can purchase them for you. We hope lots of people will um, participate in this. Again, it's December 1st, right after coffee hour, and the sign-up sheet is in the hallway in front of the parish hall. Thank you. That's all. Thank you. Hope you all There are a lot of announcements in here, so please be sure to read them. Um, I'm not going to read them to you. I do want to highlight, though, that today at 4 o'clock, we will have the blessing of the animals out here on the porch. Friday, October 4th, was the Feast of St. Francis, and we will celebrate that this afternoon at 4 free for pets. Um, and we'll be raising money for uh, the Dean's organization, which is the organization that trains the service animals, um, some of which, some of whom are members of our church. It's called the service animals. So please do come at 4 o'clock. If you're visiting with us, we're especially glad you're here. Friends and folks, please extend a warm and welcome to those seated around you, whether they're here or not. That's how we get to know one another in the love of God. And remember, at this table, at God's table, there are no outcasts, no strangers, and no unwanted guests. All are welcome to come and feast at the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please do come and be dead. Let us walk in love, as Christ loves us and gave himself as an offering and sacrifice to God.
the first Sunday of the month, we bring forward the food that we've gathered for the open table food kitchen. So let us pray over this food. May God increase our faith and our generosity and our understanding of those in our community who are hungry. Bless this food to their use, increase the faith in our hearts, and may none of us rest until all are fed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father, Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. For by water and the Holy Spirit you have made us a new people in Jesus Christ our Lord, to show forth your glory in all the world. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name.
into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us.
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us to the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. In the name of God and of this congregation, I send you forth bearing these holy gifts, that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. <laughs> 